0: Thank you, we're glad to have you back with us. Missed you, mm, buddy comfort. Welcome, welcome. So good to have you here today on this Father's Day. And uh, to this year our theme has been uh, Awake and Alive, We Thrive. It's been the theme for 2019, Awake and Alive, We Thrive. And we're going to continue on with that this month. Our monthly theme is, is lonely, Loving and Loneliness. Loving and loneliness. And uh, we talked a lot about love so far this month, and we're going to keep talking about it. Today's talk title is A Father's Love. A Father's Love. And uh, we'll talk about different aspects of that and what that's like. And I know for some of you, that wasn't something that you absolutely experienced. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. But I thought I'd kick it off with a few dad jokes. You know, those dad jokes, the ones that are cringeworthy, that you're like, eh. My dad was one of those that did the dad jokes. So here I got a couple for you. If you see a robbery at an Apple store, does that make you an eyewitness? Eh, Okay. Don't trust atoms. They make up everything. No, a little metaphysical one there. No, okay. Here's the last one. I ordered a chicken and an egg from Amazon. I'll let you know. I found, and I like to on, you know, on Mother's Day and Father's Day and special occasions, I like to show a video. And, and this is the one I chose for today for our Father's Day video. John Francis, you have that ready to show us? Might take him just a minute to do the switch. He really to the He sends videos that are funny. He kisses us before he goes to work. I done Where is Um, in the office? Yeah. <laughs> I think being a father helps you prioritize what's important. Maybe your kids have a funny way of making sure you know what the important things are. Family is the most important. You know, football come and go, uh family last time. Thanks for being my dad. Yeah. I watched that several times and it just brings emotion up for me. You know, it just brings emotion up for me that love of a father, you know. As I said, some of us experienced it and some of us didn't. Any man can be a father, but it takes someone special to be a dad. Y'all have probably heard that quote before. You know a father's love can be a wonderful thing, the love of a dad you know the giggles the silliness and uh, you know that was my relationship with my dad when I was little. He was the one that was goofy, you know he was the goofy one in our family. My mom was the more serious one and and we couldn't wait now I was two or three years old, and I had a sister at that time that was one year older than me, and we were the only two born then and and there's more that came later but uh, We'd wait for my dad to come home from work, and and we would play um, Mighty Mouse. I'm dating myself. Mighty Mouse was the big cartoon then. And my dad would capture one of us, and the other one would be Mighty Mouse, and we'd run, and we'd go to the rescue, you know. Mighty Mouse to the rescue, if you guys all remember that, you know. And we just did silly things like that, and my dad was just a lot of fun. You know, and then as I got older, we were the house that a lot of the kids hung out at. We used to have slumber parties, and we'd have the big slumber parties, or we'd have the sleepovers. I was always going to my girlfriends house for sleepover. They were coming to my house, you know, and my dad would come in and like do these really goofy things, and my girlfriends loved him. They thought he was hysterical, and I was embarrassed by him. I mean, even though I kind of thought he was cool, I certainly didn't show that I thought he was cool, right? He's like, dad, get out of here, get out of here, you know, and then time went on, and our relationship shifted, you know, as I started to get older, uh, my parents' marriage started to fall apart from about the time I was 12 to 18. They stayed married, but the whole energy of the house had shifted, and by the time I was 18, my parents were divorced. You know, And what happened is my dad kind of didn't know what to do with a grown-up daughter, you know. He kind of knew what to do with little daughters and little sons, but as we got older, he really didn't know what to do, and and so our relationship changed, and I changed, you know. I mean, I started doing things that I hadn't done before, you know. I went out in the world in a different way, and I didn't think my dad knew anything, everything anymore, you know, and, and, and things changed, and things changed. You know, our book of the month this month is Marianne Williamson's A Return to Love, and I, I, really, really like this book, if I didn't tell you. And Bobby has them in the bookstore. They have a different cover, the newer version. But this book really was instrumental in getting me on a spiritual path. You know, in it, Marianne Williamson is talking about A Course in Miracles. You know, and I'll tell you, this book is much easier to read than A Course in Miracles. If you've tried to read A Course in Miracles, you know. But what it did is it put names to things. It put names to things that I wanted to do or to these spiritual practices I was learning. She kind of explained them in a way that really made sense to me and she uses different words. She uses different words than we use in religious science for what we would call source. She calls Holy Spirit. you know she talks about atonement and for us that would just be a change in our thinking you know so, so you've got to read it with a little bit of that if you're really seeped in our religious science tradition but it's really good stuff. It's really good stuff. You know, the book is divided into two parts. The first part is principles, and the second part is practices. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the first part in principles when we talked about love. And today, I'm going to focus a little bit on the second part, which is practice. Especially, I'm going to focus on chapter six, which is relationships. Right? And what relationship can be more formative than our relationship with our dad? whatever man it was that raised us, or maybe our dad wasn't there. You know, Freud says, I cannot think of any need in a childhood as strong as the need for a father's protection. And some of us had that and some of us didn't you know some of us had and some of us didn't you know not everyone had a positive experience with their dad and i know that or maybe some of you had one like mine where it was good and then it kind of changed you know or maybe it wasn't good and now it's really great you know but we have those experiences that are different to just assume that we all had this wonderful fabulous dad experience like the kids you know on the video you know it, it, it is erroneous to think that Marianne Williamson says in the book, she writes, relationships exist to haste our walk to God to haste our walk to god you know i mean think about it when i'm by myself when i'm not in relationship i'm just like zen right i'm less like so mellow and cool and everything's great super spiritual nobody bothers me right cuz nobody's like rubbing up against me right but you get in a relationship and all of a sudden you're not so zen anymore right? That relationship has called you to be and do in a different way than you were before. And I'm not just talking about like your significant other. I'm talking about our relationships. You know, relationships when we interact with somebody else in the world, we're called to be in a different way. We're called to show up in a different way. A Course in Miracles says that everyone we meet will either be our crucifier or our savior. Depending on what we choose to be to them. Focusing on their guilt drives the nails of self-loathing more deeply into our own skin. Focusing on their innocence sets us free. You know? She tells a story in the book, and I can really relate to this story. She tells a story of she had porcelain nails or acrylic nails, and you women that get them know that you have to go often and get them filled, or if you break one, you have to go back and see the manicurist, right? So she had this woman who was her manicurist who she just didn't like. You know, she said the woman started talking and it was like nails on the chalkboard. You know, and so she would go and she would be kind of held hostage because her hands are there, right? The manicure has got your hands. You can't get up and walk away. Well, you could, I guess, if you wanted to leave without your manicure being finished. But, you know, she sat there and she was embarrassed about herself, because this woman attended her lectures. This woman attended Marianne Williamson's lectures about love, right, Marianne Williamson is all about love, and here she's sitting with this woman and she's thinking how much this woman irritated her. You know, and so what she did in that moment is she asked spirit, she asked source to help her see it differently. And she says what happened in that moment, it was transformed. The woman began talking about her relationship with her father. She began talking about her childhood, and Marianne could see easily why the woman was so wounded, why she overcompensated with what Marianne called this grandiose personality, you know, that irritated her. And she said in that moment, her heart began to melt, and all she could feel was compassion, compassion and love for the woman, right? I had the same experience, or a very similar experience, and I may have shared this story with you. I was co-facilitating a woman's group, and we'd been together for quite a while. It was an ongoing weekly workshop, and we were working through Bradshaw's book, uh, Inner Child book. So we were doing a lot of inner child work, and people were really doing deep work in it, and I was sort of the trainee to the main facilitator. And uh, there was one woman there that I tell you, she bothered me. She bothered me. She shared too long. She was victim, victim, victim. She was stuck in the victim thing. She wasn't changing, you know. And every time she would share, I would just get irritated. And in my mind, I would just think, I can't wait till she's done sharing and she's certainly not getting it, you know. And I had the same experience. I thought in a moment, hey, Debbie, this is not okay. You know, you're here teaching love and loving thoughts are not running through my mind. So in that moment, I asked spirit to let me see her differently. And she transformed before my eyes. I saw the wounded child she was. I saw how hurt she was. She no longer irritated me. I had compassion for her. You know, she didn't change at all. What changed was my insides, my vision, with the help of source. With the help of spirit, you know, opening up to ask spirit to let us see it differently. You know, I think it was uh, last week or the week before where we talked about spirit is there waiting for us, but he's not coming in unless we invite him, it, she, in. You know, we need to open the door. We need to say, you're welcome here. Help me. Help me. Heal me. Use me. Right? Right? we can find, in fact, we will find, whatever it is we're looking for in life, right? If we're looking for our, uh, the dysfunction in somebody, that's what we're going to see. If we're looking for the beauty in them, that's what we're going to see. Now, what does that mean for us in our daily walk, right? What does it mean? It, you know, this work that I'm talking about, this work is not for the lazy. It's really not. I mean, it takes effort. and. In fact, many of us won't do it until we're brought to our knees, right? Which they say is a perfect place to start praying, right? So what does it mean for us as we grow through life? You know, our theme this year is uh, Awaken Alive. Awaken Alive, we could add aware, Awaken Aware, we could add in there, you know, but I'm not talking about the awareness in your outer life. I'm talking about the awareness in your inner life, like what is going on inside your head, right? Dr. Christian used to always say, and I remember this, is it safe for me to walk through the halls of your mind? Is it safe for me? Are you judging me? Are you condemning me? Are you criticizing me? Are you critiquing me? Is it safe for me? Is it safe for me? Right? The Course in Miracles or Return to Love asks us to give up our judgments. You know, how do we do that? How do we do that? You know, Judgment is not an attribute of God. And that may be news, right? Because we may have been raised with a God that was judging. But I'll tell you, it's not an attribute of God. We've created this idea of God who is judging and angry and condemning and punishing because that's what we are as humans. That's what we know. But the truth is that we are created in the image and likeness of the divine. It's not the other way around, right? God's not created in our image. We're created in its image. And judgment is not part of who it is. When someone has behaved unlovingly, when they yell at us or lie about us or steal from us, they have lost touch with their essence. They have forgotten who they are. But everything that someone does is either love or a call for love, the Course in Miracles says, right? Everything is either love or a call for love. If someone treats us with love, then of course love is the appropriate response. If they treat us with fear, we ought to see their behavior as a call for love. as a call for love. Course in Miracles. The choice to love. You know, the choice to love is not always an easy choice. I mean, it takes us being awake and aware. It takes us being conscious. Of making a choice to see it differently. Spirit, I'm willing to see this differently. I'm willing to look at it differently. You know, of course, a miracle says that a miracle is a change in perception. A change in perception. A shift in our own thinking. A willingness to keep our heart open regardless of what's going on in the world. To keep our hearts open. Can you keep your heart open when you think someone's betrayed you? When you think somebody's lied to you, stolen from you, cheated you, can you keep your heart open? Can you recognize it as a call for love in that moment, knowing it's a call for more love? I love this quote from the book. She says, darkness is merely the absence of light, and fear is merely the absence of love. We can't get rid of darkness by hitting it with a baseball bat, because there is nothing to hit. If we want to get rid of darkness, we must simply turn on the light. Similarly, if we want to be rid of fear, we cannot fight it. But we must replace it with love. The call to love. The call to love more. The call to bring more love into the situation. You know, this book is so rich and so dense that you really need to read it for yourself to glean all that it has to offer, you know? And as I said, it's a much easier read than The Course in Miracles. It is... Uh, Highlighted and highlighted for me. It breaks it down. It breaks it down to what is mine to do? What is mine to do? You know, how can I be this love in the world? You know, how can I show up? Some great quotes in it. I'm going to read a couple to you. They're short ones. People who have the most to teach us are often the ones who reflect back to us the limits to our own capacity to love. Right? So these people that are called to be on our path are great teachers, are great teachers. Relationships are assignments. They are part of a vast plan for our enlightenment, right? Our relationships are assignments. They're for our soul's growth, good or bad, seemingly good, seemingly bad, right? It's our perception. In the holy relationship, Marianne talks about that, where we come together uh, as our God selves, really. In a holy relationship, it is understood that we all have unhealed places and that healing is the purpose of our being with another person. You know, it's different than what we normally think about a relationship. We're usually thinking about a relationship, how can they fix me? You know, what can they give me? My needs aren't being met. Mary Ann Williams would say, what the heck with that? Your needs aren't being met. What are you bringing? Are you being love in this situation? Or are you waiting around to see what's coming to you? Right? How can you be love? In the holy relationship, we don't seek to change someone, but rather to see how beautiful they already are. Right? In the holy relationship. And again, I'm not talking about just the relationship with your civic and other. I'm talking about your relationship with your mom, with your dad, with your children, with the bank teller, with the people you work with, right? And she breaks it down in the book. She talks about different sort of levels of relationships, and then she gets to the holy relationship. But what she ends up saying, and this is what I think we need to remember, is the truth is there is no love but God's love, and God is all there is. That Truly, that's what it is. There's not love for my mom and love for my dad and love for my kids. There's the love of God expressing through me to all those people, to all those people. There's one love, and it's the love of God. Jamie Lula, he's one of our New Thought musicians, and he may be at Asilomar this year. I'm not sure if he's coming with Gary Lynn Floyd, um, but uh, he has some great lyrics. And I would use them as I was going through... um, practitioner training and as I was going through ministerial school sort of as my meditation you know I'd, I'd put on music in the morning that's part of my spiritual practice I listen to uh, our new thought music if you like gospel music or if you like inspirational music whatever you like and you, know, you can put that on and it just kind of fills you up before you go out in the morning you know to do the the earth thing but Jamie Lula he had so many songs one was something's calling me And that took me through practitioner training. I mean, something's calling me to be greater. There was something in me that was calling me. And I tell you, once you get the call, you cannot have the call. So if you get the call, you think you might want to be a practitioner. God bless you. You know, because once you get the call, you get the call. You can try to avoid it. But it comes and gets you. You know, so something's calling me, you know. And then this has been my one that I've used in my life today, you know, is... uh, this is, these are the lyrics. It goes something like this. I won't sing it. I want to know what it is like to hear the whole world sing. I want to know what it's like to fill one with everything. I want to know what it's like to forgive myself and them. I want to know what it's like to never judge again. Can you imagine never judging another human being your life? Let me love the way you do. Let my heart remain right open, no matter what the world reveals to me. Let me love the way you do. God bless you, I'm so grateful that you're here today. Thank you.